Why do you let it affect you so much? Mind me asking. Um, dude, I <laughs> watch you tear me apart. I have no idea. Welcome to the podcast by Mikhail Alphon. What's up, socialites, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. As always, I am super pumped on this episode, but this one in particular because today we actually have the founder and CEO of Youngry. He's also been recognized by the White House, by Forbes magazine, by Entrepreneur magazine, and he's also the host of the radio show Entrepreneur Nation out here in Orange County. But before I speak too much, Ash, why don't you say what's up to the listener and tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, first off, man, I'm so stoked to be on this show, bro. Uh, I love your show. I've connected with you offline. And then when we developed our friendship, I did a little stalking on you to figure out who's this guy about? Why is he so positive and hustler at the same time? And I was like, dang, he's had so many good guests. So it's truly an honor to be on this show, man. Oh, well, uh, I don't know what to say. I'm like nervous now that <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. I'm like you put out the content and then people are, and they're like, oh, man, I checked it out. I was like, you weren't supposed to do that. <laughs> Um, and you know, best way to describe me, it's funny as I, as I, as I get, uh, older in this game of entrepreneurship, uh, I actually say less of a, of what I am. And, you know, just because it all comes down to one thing. Uh, I'm just a creative individual who wants to make an impact. And right now the vessel that I'm using for that, it's like you mentioned, uh, the movement Youngry. And outside of that, um, I just like to communicate to help, you know, learn myself and to share what I learn and to, you know, hopefully leave a dent in someone's mind to like say, Hey, I can do whatever it is I want to do. And so that's where the media stuff like my radio show and book stuff comes in. So yeah, just happy to do what I do. Yeah, dude, it's awesome. I mean, I was reading up on you before we, before we recorded today and this was, you know, we recently did the panel together, which is yeah. awesome. Yeah. I was just like, man, you've accomplished. It seems like you have accomplished and are continuing to accomplish so many different things and you managed to be a pretty cool guy to begin <laughs> with, which is awesome. But take us all the way back to the beginning. How did we get to sitting at this desk today? Yeah, yeah. And I like that conversation point because we talked about this before the interview started and then even when we met up for uh, breakfast. By the way, man, I still dream of that um, chorizo burrito, bro. <laughs> Dude, I've been telling all of my, my friends that claim they're foodies and they're like, oh, I know good breakfast. And I'm like, nah. You gotta go to Memphis. You gotta have their chorizo burrito. It's on fleek. Just trust me. Don't argue. That was a great day because I found out that I didn't just have to have corned beef. I could have pulled pork on the eggs Benedict. Dude, pulled pork all day, every day, man. Small miracles. <laughs> <laughs> so my journey was like, um, you know, I've always wanted to be a uh, creator of some sort. I don't know if I was wanting to be this entrepreneur, which is now like a cool thing to say you are. I just felt like I always wanted to create things, not because I'm stubborn. Well, I am stubborn, but partly because... I just like to see something that I visualized and see it come to life. And mm -hmm. I didn't feel like uh, others can do it, but it c I can do it with a team. I've always believed in that. Like it's about building a team with great people. So from the early days, um, my first kind of really teeth sinking in was, uh, interestingly enough, I did work in international film. So I worked with film distributors, mobile app companies. This was like right when YouTube was about to blow up. Okay. Like, and like we were marketing digital films or products on digital to help get them traffic. So we worked with like independent independent filmmakers from both America and international. But mm -hmm. one niche we had was Southeast Asia. Right. One is because I was like the only Indian 
I'm American born, but I have Indian heritage. So I was only like Indian from a perception wise to Hollywood and these meetings are like, oh, you're Indian. You know how to market Indian films. Right. So I just, it just got thrown at me. It's so interesting because I read about a lot of people that have issues being um, labeled or being stereotyped. Mm-hmm. And I think subconsciously, because I was in such a, I'm just going to do whatever I got to do to be successful as long as I can create impact. I didn't care. Yeah. And so I was literally labeled the brown marketing guy, you know, from oh all these gosh. people. But it helped me because I developed a niche. Okay. I helped market some really awesome projects. Uh, by the way, I want to talk about this crazy rich Asians movie phenomena in, in during this. I saw that. I was partially offended. Okay. I want to talk about that because if I were still doing the world I'm in right now, that yeah. world, I would have been one of the people that would have helped market it because my job would have been – my job was taking films like that yeah. and helping get them to the mainstream audience, helping come up with the PR strategy. Mm-hmm. So at that time, it was Slumdog Millionaire. That was right. the film that I helped. I was working with with various other marketing agencies. But that was like my big, big like, oh, my goodness, like I'm, I got some accolades, you know, right? Um, because I was working with Fox on some smaller projects They're like, hey, we have this film. We don't know if people are going to like it or not. Can you help market it? So mm-hmm. I came up with a divisive cultural marketing strategy across YouTube at the time. And that's what kind of get my first company its claim to fame. Right. But the reason – let's dive into Create Rich Agents because since it's similar to that, the reason why I'm fascinated by that is because even though I did this company almost 10 years ago or so – This company being – The first company. It's called DCU. That's was, right. Uh, this is what you were talking about at the White House. Yes. I did watch I, this video. Oh, wow. I love your <laughs> soccer skills. Nice. <laughs> so DCU, uh, and Desi is a very common word around Indians, Pakistanis, Bangladeshis. It's just like it's, it's just like saying I'm, I'm – uh, I'm Latino or I'm Hispanic, depending on mm-hmm. who you talk to. It's like, I'm a Desi or a, that's a Desi or a Desi girl. That's gotcha. a very common name. Like Indian guys are like, oh, is that a Desi girl or is it a whitewash girl? Mm-hmm. It's like we say funny shit like that. Yeah. It's so funny. I'm allowed to swear? Pardon. All the time. Okay. Um, so why I bring up Crazy Rich Asians is because the same issues are still happening now that even I saw 10 years ago. It's better now, mm-hmm. but it's a different issue now. Now it's this – I hate to say it, but – Back then, it was more about, look, this is the best film, regardless if it's Indians or Chinese or Japanese or Latinos. You just have to see it to believe it. And I felt that's what made Slumdog Millionaire such a universally good film. Like I tell people, a lot of people I know don't even know anything about Indian culture, but they know about Slumdog Millionaire. But Slumdog Millionaire, for better or worse, really represented a part of India. Mm -hmm. And that's why that movie did so well. So I was involved in doing stuff like that. Why I'm fascinated with this Crazy Rich Asians is I've never seen a film hyped and talked about so much without anyone actually watching it and making it like say this has to happen or like Asian culture is going to denigrate. So I didn't understand that. And I'm yeah. going to watch Crazy Rich Asians probably over the weekend if I can. If I I don't know where it's playing. Is it playing around here? I don't know. You said you saw it. No, no, no. I was the way that they, it's it's been projected is kind of weird to me. So that's what I'm trying to say, too. Yeah. It is kind of weird. Yeah. Why do you feel it's weird? I'm just curious. Because I don't know why. Like, why is it Crazy Rich Asians? Well, that's based off the book title. I didn't know there was a book. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. yeah, right. yeah. Because uh, like Slumdog Million, like just right off the bat, like Slumdog Millionaire, you're like, okay, what is this? Uh, and I feel like it's not as, I don't know, in your face. But it's brash. a catchy name. You're yeah. like, oh, Slumdog Millionaire. Yeah. It's kind of a- I guess Crazy Rich Asians gets your attention as well. Yep. Yeah, so. So that's what I did. Um, and then what's interesting enough, you brought up the White House. Um, around that time, um, 
I was technically doing work representing America, and at least according to this initiative the White House did, and they said, look, we created this initiative where every year we pick 100 entrepreneurs that are making an impact for our country. It's kind of like, it was the original Forbes 30 under 30, because no one was above 30. Like, I think Forbes 30 under 30, I wouldn't say they copied it, but I think they got influenced by it yeah. because everyone was, it was a hundred of the top entrepreneurs that were on 30 and under. Mm -hmm. And, but they just said top 100 entrepreneurs. That's how they marketed it. So we, so what was cool about that award is that was the first glimpse of to why entrepreneurship's not necessarily about me or the vain, the vanity things about mm -hmm. making money, about success. And there's nothing wrong with any of that stuff, but it's also about, wow, like you have this influence if you become a good entrepreneur, like you yeah. can use it influence for good. That's why I love influencers. If it's done right, it can do a, it can be a positive change. Sure. And so I saw a small glimpse of that. So my mindset really wanted to go all in to being a community builder. Okay. So what the white house showed me was across their country, there's a bunch of successful and rising entrepreneurs and innovative corporate workforce individuals and students who you know whether it's making the next snapchat or making the next you know gopro or whatever cool thing that might have been you know younger in their stage and like there's not a lot of people that are focused on connecting the resources for all these people so i got really hooked into community building so mm -hmm. i really took a step back from that first business and i got involved with an initiative called startup america which was a private public partnership that the white house steve case for those who don't know he co-founded aol mm -hmm he's a billionaire and he's just but he's done a lot of good with his by the way ironically we talked about health and wellness steve job steve case was actually one of the investors behind tender greens okay cool. so he kind of brought that whole health and wellness fast casual concept which you're seeing a lot of places yeah. now so anyways i got into that but it was interesting um what's interesting about my story is every time i achieve some peak i then achieve some emptiness what was the emptiness that you found like in I mean, shit, you were speaking at the White House. Like, right. Where, 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 what was the emptiness I was that giving time? too much to the world. I wasn't taking care of myself. Gotcha. So I think Tony Robbins talked about this when he was a lot younger. He got to a point where he kept giving, 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 and it just depleted him. So I was like this activist for entrepreneurship, traveling across the country or state of California, meeting all these entrepreneurs, setting up programs, putting on events. Um, around that time, I was the chairman of one of the largest – it's still pretty active nonprofit out here in Orange County. And we were pushing out like one to two events a month and I wasn't getting paid for it. And it right. wasn't about the money, but it was like, it, I was just focused on giving, giving, giving. So, um, and I was just kind of being toxic. I, I think I, I was in the interim, I was letting the stress get to me. And then I got really into around that time, mindfulness and meditation and stuff. Uh, uh, and how long ago was this? 2000. 10 so almost eight years yeah okay, yeah cool. yeah so around that time um i got into it but it's not you know roses from there uh my next business this was an interesting one i got hooked into visualization journaling law of attraction reading the book the secret all these like more self-help things and i was fortunate to have met some like-minded people who wanted to do something where what if we can allow everyone to create their dreams and goals so they created this like vision board site where people can create dreams and post them and share them it was a cool concept it was like a pinterest but more specific to dreams and goals less that's on really cool actually is it still live it is still live um i have been as involved with it and i'll get to that part really shortly um what that exposed me to though is the self-help world so mm -hmm. 
that actually was that actually the one great one of the grateful things I can say about that experience is it really bolstered my interviewing chops because mm. I was already doing content. I was doing some public speaking. I had done a book by then, but I wanted to do more interviews. And so I got to interview like Jack Canfield who did Chicken Soup for the Soul, Michael Bernard Beckwith who runs the Agape Center. He's in The Secret also. Uh, very deep self-help people. Yeah. Like, like that, the the Wayne Dyers, Deepak Chopra types. Um, you I mean, got I, to, did you interview Wayne, Wayne Dyer? I got, I didn't get to interview uh, Wayne, but um, I got to go I got VIP access to some of his events, and we were supposed to do some stuff. But I got to see him literally the distance we we're at, this yeah, close. That's awesome. Yeah, his energy. He's still one of the, he is one of the greatest ever in that yeah. world. But it was funny is, I still felt empty. Sure. Because, I went the other extreme. I went too much into taking care of myself, too much into self help. So I was drinking this self help Kool Aid, and it was like not making me, uh, the most relatable human. Mm-hmm. And because of that. Uh, on my own vision board, I needed to get out of what I was doing and I needed to like, um, do another business. Sure. And along fast forward 2015, 2016, after doing that company and after I, I, we, you know, um, we didn't agree on the vision. So I, I just wanted to go, I went back into just being, doing what I do best, which is interviewing and media work. That's always been like my backbone. And so it's like my, it's like my oxygen. So for me, it's like, it's all good. I'll just go all in back into my media stuff. It always works out for me. Um, so when I did that, I got tricked. A guy I was supposed to interview, uh-huh. he was the CEO of a well-known fitness brand. He couldn't make it. Um, his uh, assistant said, hey, he's on travel, but someone else wants to, so his partner can meet with you uh, if you'd like. And I looked his partner up and I'm like, oh wow, yes, of course. Um, this company at the time was pushing out, I think 50 to 75 million in e-com revenue every year. They created one of the largest fitness movements. If you heard of Paige Hathaway, they discovered her. It's oh, called wow. Shreds. Like it's a very well-known brand yeah. in the fitness world. Yeah, they have. They're polarizing. You either like them or you don't like them. It depends on who you talk to. But 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 I look at the, I look at the impact. They changed the the game of fitness marketing yeah. and influencer marketing. So that's what I learned from that from studying Shreds before interviewing this guy. And this guy Encore, who's the partner I mentioned, was like, dude, I know who you are after the interview, and like. I also kind of want to do this interview because I want to pitch you on an idea. With Shreds, we created this movement where we're going to change one million lives and we're not stopping till that happens. I've always thought about doing that for like the next generation, the young and hungry or the ambitious or like this hustle culture. So he's like, I have this domain in branding. I kind of tried it a few years ago, but because of Shreds growing, I couldn't. But now I'm at a point where like I want to have a partner to work with me on it and take it to the next level. And he told me the name and I told you this when we had breakfast. Yeah. Like, it's like, Love at first sight, man. I was like, oh my god, Youngry. I can't, I can't get over this name, Youngry, Youngry. Oh my god, this is so. Cool. It is pretty cool. And so, and especially when you say like young and hungry, and then it's like Youngry. It's like that's actually pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and it's funny because I see these brands that are around young and hungry or younger and all these things, and and I, I'm an abundant person. Let them do what yeah. they want to do. There's no, I don't have that issue. But what was cool about Youngry, and is. At the time, Youngry came from a, from basically all that work I did on myself. Because when I was in this, I got I was really toxic during that second business and partly during my first business. Toxic meaning I was I was very ego driven, mm-hmm. is to the point where like I was thinking about like this Ash Coomer brand. I was thinking about I gotta get an exit. I was thinking about the money goals and this and that. But every but then when I realized that's not good for me, I'm gonna just burn, crash and burn. You know that statement. So. 
I was like, I gotta, I gotta like, I gotta do something that's more back to my, back to those roots. And I got that first White House award where I was like, the impact, the legacy, the influence, you know, those things when you mentioned about sure. the White House. So Youngery kind of came from like all that self-help work because I rediscovered that I, I, I meant to do something like a Youngery. And we can go further, but you know, that's, that's kind of where I've gone from there to now. Yeah. And talk about the radio show a little bit. So is it, first of all, is it fun being on the other side of it? Because I know you interview a lot of people as well. You know what's funny is I enjoy both. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like one or the other better. Yeah. Um, but what the advantage of being a host is you get to um, analyze the other person and you get to like throw things at them that they might not expect. Yeah. Um, so that's always fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's fun. I love it. So my radio show came out of – so prior th- to three years ago, I was doing a lot of public speaking. I was – back and forth doing podcasting with my second business because we had a thing called the dream and a live show you can look it up on youtube there's hundreds of interviews it's man i had such a chippy voice back then it's so funny uh <laughs> but i got some, it was some good stuff though it was some inspiring stuff um anyways i did that and then three years ago right around the time right a little before younger got started i wanted to take my media game to another level and i always fell in love with radio why because radio is I like that live feeling. Like I like yeah. being on air. Um, I like the feeling of okay, like I have thirty or sixty minutes or ten minutes or whatever, and I have to get to the point. My questioning has to be very specific. Um, there's people who are literally listening to you, and they're literally looking to hear something that can help them in a way or just give them perspective. I love all of that. Yeah. I don't know. There's something about I have a love affair with radio. I guess so. That's yeah. how I got into that. Yeah, so my show is a weekly show, Entrepreneur Nation on. It's a public station, 88.9 FM. It's like a joint thing with UCI and some other public entities. And what's cool about it is that I'm the only weekly show in the greater SoCal area dedicated to entrepreneurship on radio right now. Yeah, I, saw, I was really intrigued by that where it's like I, I, you don't hear about that stuff. I mean, frankly, if I'm listening to the radio, I do one of two things. One of them is I listen to the Spanish stations because I'm trying to learn Spanish okay. for my girlfriend. Still have no idea what the hell is going on. The second thing I do is I actually listen to Ryan's Roses, and I know it's fake. Dude, but it's I fine. love Ryan's Roses. Yes, dude. Ryan Roses is the Thank funniest you. thing in the world. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, it's wrong, but funny at the same – it's wrong for the guy who gets – or girl who gets caught, but – It's kind of like uh, like Jerry Springer or like Mon- – not Montel. What's the other – Maury? Yeah. Is Maury the one where it's always like, you are not the father? That one, yeah. like, it's like, you know, it's really bad and staged, but it's still awesome. So most radio, <laughs> pe- most people from what I have seen who want to get into radio want to do what you just mentioned, which is this pop culture, e-news, e-entertainment, or music DJ side. Mm-hmm. Entrepreneurship, business, success stories is not as sexy. So that's why there's not a lot of, um, you know, ra- entrepreneur radio host types. But kind of like that brown marketing guy example, yeah. I'm like the only guy in that world. Yeah. Most radio hosts I meet are women. And so I have the reverse. I'm like, hey, I'm, I know what you're dealing with in a way. You know, <laughs> I, I gotta give you some. I gotta give you some like some credit here for from one person to another. And it's just like I was so pumped to see this. Like you speaking the language of of entrepreneurs back in 2011, because I feel as if in the last four or five years is really when it started. Be maybe four years is really when it started to become this like saturated washed up like losing the meaning of entrepreneur like now like entrepreneur is like a tinder profile description you know (laughs) what i mean as opposed to like actually meaning something so when i saw that your work went i mean and i'm i know it goes further back than that but you were recognized in 2011 before it was like 
maybe before Shark Tank or mm-hmm. something like that. Way before that. I don't know. I just got a lot. I Thank had you. a lot of respect for what you're doing. It's cool to see, like, see what you've been up to. Why do you let it affect you so much? Mind me asking. Um, dude, I <laughs> watch you tear me apart. I have no idea, and I think it's because, uh, for me personally, like, I don't know. It's just, I don't. I think I've always kind of had it's always been a thing where it's like I take a lot of pride in the things that I do um, and I guess I really shouldn't worry about what other people are thinking or saying or how they use certain terminology or labels or anything like that but because I take so much pride in it and I know that it, what goes into it, I'm like you know I don't know so don't, let me let me let me share I don't even call myself that that's, you know what I'm saying yeah let me share a story in a different vertical that might help you um, get to what I'm trying to get at so I, I am mentoring this one person and she is a rock star salesperson and it's to the point where I might actually bring her on board the Youngry team. But as I was getting to know her, she had an issue with her work-life balance. And I'm like, what's your issue? She's like, I can't sleep at night. I'm like, why? She's like, I sleep at 10, but I can't sleep at mi- I can't sleep till midnight. I'm like, why? Because I spend two hours every night on the news. I'm like my eyes roll, not like that she's bad or good. I'm just like, okay, I know, I, I got this. I figured in my head, I'm like, all right, this is why why are you focused on things that have nothing to do directly with your impact now let's be real if you were and let's just be political for a second just for a second i know it's not a political show but let's just say let's just say you had a relative who was involved in the recent debacle with the immigration illegal Mm -hmm. immigrants coming in and one of them got detained and the kid got they didn't get to see them okay emotionally that doesn't matter what your views are that's a sad thing to see Okay, if you're related to one of those two people, I get it. But if you're not, and even if you are, why are you taking that time on external things that are out of your control than doing things that you can control? And then I said something else. Understand that the more energy you give to things that are out of your control, those people take advantage of that, and they throw more at you. So what Mm -hmm. I'm trying to say to you is that the more you dwell on it, the more stuff you see – the more of that kind of media is going to get thrown back at you. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny. Because let me tell you yeah. something. I have met – I'm fortunate that I have met many – because of the work I do with Youngry and from our mentor network and my radio show and uh, meeting people like you and others, I have learned that the most successful people – I'm talking about those, those top one percenters, okay, from money or impact or business products or whatever you want to look at, even none of them spend that much time on – things that are out of their control yeah you're right so which is which is interesting because you're feeding me my own breakfast essentially and i was trying to like, use the politics as yeah, an example so yeah. you can understand it because i'm mm-hmm. sure you've met people who like are on facebook two hours a day ranting on left or right or middle stuff but it's like hey during the work days why are you doing this maybe on the weekends or maybe tune into your fox news or cnn if you want to get a kick or whatever but don't consume don't let it get to you to the yeah. point where it affects your day-to-day life bro yeah i don't know if i don't think it affects my day-to-day life but i but the fact that i give it any attention is kind of weird for me yeah as a person so i get that one thing that we that i didn't mention yeah. in, in the intro today was that on top of doing everything that you've done you're also a mindset coach yeah and i feel like this is a great segue yes. as you're about to tear me apart i feel like <sighs> i, I deflected it no it's good you watch the sopranos ever I fucking love The Sopranos. Okay, so I think we kind of had this conversation. I'm not gonna. I don't, don't want to be Dr. Melfi or anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I honestly love it. That's one of the things. Um, that's one of the things I enjoyed about our breakfast together was, you know, you said a couple things that was just like shit. It was. There's not a lot of people that are very direct with me. Okay. You know what I mean? So I'm like, 
So when you when you said that or said something like this, it's like, fuck. Yeah, you're right. Awesome. You know what I mean? So thank you. But mindset coach. Yeah. You 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 were you know, you got into the mindfulness and meditation and uh, some of the self-help stuff, which almost has like a weird connotation to it sometimes these days but tell us about that a little bit more and what are you doing for your community in that yeah so um what i realized i'm on a mission now um and i'm using youngery and i'm using my self-brand and i'm using collaborators like you and others to promote this i want more hustlers entrepreneurs people who are working on whatever it is that there's a calling even if it's a nine to five corporate grind that's fine Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with that I'm on a mission to help as many people get more aware on the benefits of mindfulness. I feel right now when you look at mindfulness, it's mostly on this personal well-being and which is always needed. I'm a, I'm a, trust me, I have a one hour plus ritual I do every morning for my own personal well-being. But what I'm saying is using mindfulness to apply in those situations when the times get tough or if you need to take your creativity to another level, it's a it's an edge that gives you endless infinite opportunities and i feel more people need to be aware of that and also i think people need to be more aware of the different opportunities of mindfulness i think mindfulness has this limited connotation but it's actually more than you think that's what i'm on a mission to do so i do my best to advise entrepreneurs i myself am creating a new probably in the winter of 2019 i'm launching a mindfulness focused media brand called mindful hustle and Mm -hmm. the whole goal is mindfulness to help you become a better hustler but i feel like everything i've done in my life has led to this moment um i think as an entrepreneur everything you do right now is a combination of everything that's come from your past to make the present what it is and i think the present moment for me is like i'm the a huge like person that's on this mission and it's it's just it's just it here's the best example like you don't have to over caffeinate and for disclosure I'm not a doctor, so I'm not telling people to drink or not drink caffeine, but doing overdose of anything, whether it's high energy drinks or drinking more than the doctor doctor recommended cups of coffee or whatever you follow that's recommended for your bio, body type, whatever, age, whatever, it's not healthy for you. And what happens is that when you do anything that constantly puts you on this high of life, it crashes you. And then when you get crashed, that's when you get agitated. That's when you get irritable. That's when you do reckless decision making. That's when you do all these things. Instead, do a 20 minute meditation or Mm -hmm. do a 10 minute nap or go for a quick walk for 30 minutes or eat a certain food that you know gives you more energy, plant or non-plant. I'm not pitching a diet. I'm just saying these are mindful things that you can take care of. And so these are small examples of why I want people to do that because I feel that, you know, you brought up this whole connotation about, you know, these these this type of media that's out there. And there's a lot of people like you, beyond you, that are like, it frustrates them to a point. Or they're doing a business to outdwart someone or or out or beat out those 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 people that they might call phonies or not authentic. Mm-hmm. That's not the real reason to be an entrepreneur. The real reason is to tap into your own God-given, spirit-driven, or center-driven, if you're purely an atheist, purpose. And when you know that purpose, you have to focus on that. And yeah. what's great about mindfulness is that it keeps you reminds you to stay focused on it and by the way all this stuff will make you a better human with your relationships but i feel that with entrepreneurs and busy hustler type minded people we need to take the mindfulness stuff to a whole new level because we have so much demand from us i mean you have an agency that's crushing it with all these brands both small to big to 
you see freaking eye that's huge i mean you work it with like amazing brands and like you uh, uh, you're the converted so i don't have to go further but like there's people who need to hear this stuff so the uh the, the dictionary um defines mindfulness as a mental state achieved by focusing one's awareness on the present moment while calmly acknowledging and accepting one's feelings thoughts and body and bodily sensations uh used as a therapeutic technique now you briefly mentioned like take a walk take a you know do a 20 minute meditation i think that these are things that are like um you know those are very high level things for me it's like okay cool i'll do a meditation i do mindfulness meditations often but to the listener who may not have started this yet what is a simple practice that you do that they can start doing today um the simplest thing is start to understand the of what it means to be self-aware. Now, let me give you an example. I'm a human. Therefore, I often, many times, do things that might not be right. I'm not perfect. I'm never going to say I'm perfect. But that's what's great about being a human. You can live and learn and keep growing, I feel. So when you do something that might have been bad, like an argument, a bad decision, if you can be self-aware to say, wow, I just did that, what kind of state was I in? Mm-hmm. Most often you'll find that you're in a state that's that you were stressed out mm-hmm. or you weren't fully present or an example is I could be doing this interview with you and just Instagram storing the whole time. I wouldn't be giving my 100 percent and the interview would come out and it would be like, Ash, it's not that I expected a lot from you, but I expect you to be like your present, your best self because yeah. I took the time, blah, blah, blah. I would have been self-aware saying, shoot, why did I do that? I was excited to see him. Oh, I was on my phone the whole time. So that's so that's I think before you even do like any specific mindfulness ritual or routine, whether it's big or small, understand the power of self-awareness. Because the whole goal of mindfulness is to tap into that self-aware feeling. So for self-awareness, before we get onto the practice, is self-awareness to you? Is it being aware of your actions and your reactions, or self-awareness understanding? Uh, like your strengths and weaknesses and how you can potentially react to a certain situation. It's both. It's first, the first is easier than the latter. So the first is it's always better to observe something that was already done. So Mm -hmm. it's like you're doing a case study on yourself. Mm -hmm. You're like, okay, let's analyze what happened. Yeah. Do you do a lot of case studies on yourself? Often. All the time. And this is kind of where this mindfulness meditation Mm -hmm. comes in. Like, I'll give you an example. I haven't talked about this to you in detail, but um, I have... So today is August 17th, right? Or Mm -hmm. August 18th? 17th. Okay. August 17th. I have one of the biggest events in my life on October 6th. I'm speaking in front of three to 5,000 people at this big event. And not only that. Where is it? um, Long Beach Convention Center. I'll get you a ticket. It's called the One Woman Tech. It's an awesome women uh, tech STEM event. And I was honored. It's a two-day event, Friday the 5th and October the 6th. Not only am I doing a talk on this mindful hustle concept, but they also had graced me to be the MC for the day of the sixth. So I'm the most visible person that day. And it woke me up. I was like, oh my goodness. I self-aware said, I actually, I was self-aware enough to say, okay, I need to take myself to another level. Like, I, what, why am I not comfortable with this? And I actually insecurely felt, okay, I'm not happy with my physical look. So I'm on a pretty intense fitness kick. Uh, like it's just a mix of paleo and hit cardio and boot camps and my one of my boys is like uh, he's one of the trainers at this gym I go to but he's like my fitness advisor I call him all the time about stuff I mean he doesn't like it but it is what it is but the point is is that I did not do well today in my workout today yeah specifically this morning okay I was 
disappointed in myself because here I am preaching to myself. I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to eat clean. I have been eating clean. I took a breath after I did that workout and I closed my eyes. I was like, what happened? I didn't sleep all last night. Mm -hmm. Why? Because I was on the phone till 11, 1130 PM last night. Cause I was talking to someone who just, I needed to be a friend to someone. I just needed to be there for them. And it was like, it ended up being a three hour call. So I was three hours on a phone and then from 1130 to 12, I decided to watch Sopranos. <laughs> Hell yeah. But I'm going to watch Sopranos all night today, No, but it's way. not good to watch TV right before you sleep. There's yeah. something about that, the EMF waves. There's some there's some validity in all that stuff. Arianna Huffington talks a lot about it. So I slept at 12, got up at 6. six. I normally don't get up that early. I get up at 7 or 8. I normally sleep 7 to 8 hours. I'm the guy who can always sleep. I'm the guy who could sleep on an airplane usually when, even if there's like a ride outside. Respect. I actually... Like, I'm just that guy who loves to sleep. We have a similar talent, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and girls dislike it because I, I have found that most often girls have more issues comfortably sleeping than guys. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And so, it's anyways, I didn't work out well today. So then I realized, oh, it's all good. Tonight, if I do work out tomorrow morning, I'm not going to watch any TV an hour before or half hour before. And I'm going to make sure that I get at least seven plus, seven to eight hours mm -hmm. of sleep if I'm going to do a workout tomorrow. So that's an example of being self-aware. I, yeah. I, I case studied a situation of something. Yeah. So would you say that the, and you know, I do want to go back to something that the, the listener might be able to like do today. The mindfulness meditation for me, it's helped me be self-aware. Yeah. Right? What, what does your like kind of practice when it comes to meditation? What does that look yeah, like? Yeah. So kind of like, kind of like the, the medical disclaimer, there's not one mindfulness practice for anyone. Um, so what I do though is, I like to start my day with a victory, and the victory for me is centering myself and developing that self-awareness. So when I get up, I tend to do a mindfulness meditation. I mm -hmm. like to start in the beginning of the day because it helps me visualize afterwards. It gets me a little creative, and it gets me into the state where I want to like just have that victory for the day, mm -hmm. and it gives me good vibes. I've often found every day when I do a meditation – it helps cure a lot of things. Fortunately, today I did a meditation, so I wasn't like stressed or feeling out. But if I didn't do any meditation or nothing, I just woke up, went straight to the gym. I'd be so emo right now. I'd probably be crying right now in this interview. <laughs> so you do the you do the mindfulness meditation, yeah. and what, what happens uh, next? Um, I do a little creative writing. Yeah. So I write a lot of uh, thoughts around my head. Uh, I tend to post them on social media. I do these quotes and stuff that I write. That yeah. often, all that stuff always comes right after my meditation. Yeah. It just channels through me. It's so cool. It's such a cool gift to like tap into your creative psyche or creative side or whatever you think it is and like just free flow write. That's really awesome. I I, I miss writing actually. Blogging was one of the things that I like to do and now yeah. I don't do it as much. Yeah. Um, is there anything in particular that like, is there anything in particular, whether it be a book or like an app or something like that, that has helped you really kind of shift yeah. all of this. So you know how – let's go back to fitness for a second because I know you're a very active guy. And by the way, your biking game is on fleek, dude. Dude. I got to tell you, <laughs> spinning – okay, just I'm, – I'm a, I'm a transparent guy. I'm a single guy right now. Yeah. So I'm out Ladies. there. Ladies. <laughs> hey, <laughs> he no, knew that most of the listeners are women. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, but it's funny because uh, like any guy, you you want to you wanna, you wanna explore and – and I like to do I'm, – I'm not the typical just let's do dinner thing. I like I want to do a hike if it makes sense. Yeah. I wanna, so I made the mistake of hanging out with this one girl who's really fit. And <laughs> when I'm in boot camp, 
When I'm in boot camp, I can handle my own. I'm a I'm a more muscular guy, so a lot of the boot camp hit cardio stuff is weight based. Mm-hmm. So I can handle my own, and I have an and I know it's only 45 to 60 minutes. So so I I have a set time. Okay, I can be Hulk at this time, and I'm good. And afterwards, I can pass out, but they won't have to see it. I can handle my own. Someone's like, hey, you should come to this. You should come to these spin classes with me. And I was like, spin bike, whatever. You know, there's a little bike part in the hit class. I almost passed out yeah. on some of these classes. And so I'm saying this out of respect that like that level of endurance, that 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 fitness trait that you get, you don't get that in boot camp and you don't get what you get in boot camp and spin either. My point is is that I have nothing but props for you, man. Oh, thank I see you, you post that stuff that. because I've now challenged myself saying, I want to one day get so fit where I go into a spin class and just crush it. I really want to do it. And I will. We'll have that talk. But my point is, is um, why am I saying all this? Oh, yes. So like <laughs> like in fitness, yeah, the key isn't necessarily the workout. It's the preparation before the workout. Sure. Like if you eat clean the day before, you will likely have a better spin class mm-hmm. than eating crap, sidecar donuts, your eggs benedict all day type of stuff. First of all, do not speak ill of the expert. <laughs> <laughs> just sidecar donuts yes. that aren't eggs benedict style okay <laughs> and so that's why um so i'm more i would rather share to someone focus more on the pre-game stuff don't worry about the morning ritual worry about did i sleep well mm. did i eat well the day before mm. did i actually spend did i have my phone off did i have my did i not watch tv often an hour before did i read something inspiring before i sleep because that prep game is what makes your current game elevated. Bam. I love that. So that's what I would rather more suggest to someone. Once you have your prep game, you'll know what to do. Yeah. You'll be like, all right, I'm going to look into a meditation or I'm going to go do my gratitude walk or I'm going to journal. You'll figure it out because when your prep game is good, your, your energy's clean if, and it's free of like toxicity. And when you have that lack of toxicity, you'll figure it out. Dude, I love that so much, dude. It's funny because... I recently talked about like, you know, you believe like you can choose to be happiness or something. Yeah. Like well said. To be happy. Anyways, somebody like commented back, like I chose to be happy last night when I prepped all my stuff. Like it's similar to what you're saying. I was like, wow, that makes a lot of sense. And it's such a great, not twist, but it's a great point because we're also focused on the morning that we forget, you know, we should have went to bed a couple hours early because if you don't go to bed a couple hours early, you wake up groggy and then all of a sudden you can't do any of those things. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's so that's what I'm I, I have to thank that situation today. The other thing, too, is get rid of the failure word as much as possible and look at things as life lessons or I believe life is either a lesson or a blessing. Sure. And so that workout example. Mm-hmm. So technically, I'm on this kick where I have to be in my prime self. It's like I'm a fighter and it's like my fight night, October 6th. Right. Like. You know, I'm Ashweather, you know, that name I gave myself. <laughs> but, like, at the end of the day, I just took a breath. I'm like, you know what? What's the lesson here? Sleep. Or if you're going to have a ba- – if you know you're going to sleep late because you just – you know, we all do that overnight binge watching, whatever habits you want to do just to comfort yourself, then don't work out so early in the morning. Yeah. I should have done a – I should have planned my day where I do a workout at 5 p.m. because I would have woken up, eaten clean, had time to like refuel, hydrate, and doing the 5 p.m. today and crushed it. Mm-hmm. So that's when you have to get – so when you get rid of the F word and you focus as a lesson, you let go of that ego, you let go of that toxic energy. So my, my key I'm trying to tell you is do whatever you can to get rid of toxic thoughts and toxic energy because it yeah. clouds the lessons you can learn in life. Damn. I love it, bro. I was actually – I 
you may or may not know this, but I actually like to, you know, wrap the episode with a bit of advice from the guest to the yeah. listener. You've given us so much in the last five minutes. Like, I feel like the room got a little bit warmer. <laughs> but if you could leave the audience with uh, one bit of advice, what would it be today? Don't worry about what others think. Focus on just making yourself better every day. Because honestly, the only person that can change you or grow you is you. That's awesome, man. I love it. Um, you know, to everybody who wants to connect with you after today, where can they find you? Uh, connect with me on Instagram at A-S-H-K-U-M-R-A or add me on LinkedIn at A-S-H-K-U-M-R-A. A-S-H-K-U-M-R-A. You know what? Um, if I may, I'm going to just... I'm a bulldozer where I can just throw myself and invite myself into stuff. I'd love to do another episode with you and we could talk about, you know, the power of how the self brand can help you with your entrepreneur businesses. Cause like I think a, like a personal brand type thing. Yeah. Cause I think oh, there's a yeah. lot of good content on why you need a personal brand. Mm -hmm. Like I've seen some of your guests, like you interviewed Brittany who's awesome and yeah. other people, but it'd be great to talk to like you and I as guys who are building businesses and how we've leveraged our own personal brand. Because yeah. I've used my personal brand to really help Youngry. And I've used Youngry to help my personal brand. And I think that would be a good dialogue. No, I 100% uh, will do that with you as soon as you have a day. Cool. We're good, for sure. Uh, to the listener, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate your attention. If you love the episode, we would dig a five-star review. If you didn't like it that much, feel free to stick it to us. But subscribe anyway, because we're going to have a lot of incredible guests just like Ash back on the show and if you love content like this and you want to start your mondays uh with some pick-me-ups feel free to subscribe to the monday standard at mikhailalfon.com thank you again ash hey happy to be here yeah.